Bun, bouncy, light, bun. What the fuck was that, bitch? That was the brief that you literally gave yeah, me. Yeah, I was like, keep this episode fun and bouncy and light and fun. I hate it when people say that type of stuff to me. And that's why I said it. Like, smile and remember energy. We're going to really have a lot of fun. Do you know what I've realized is, right? If you say to someone, this is going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be amazing. If you talk like that, the other person will start acting up and having fun. And I find that bizarre. I really I want it, you to act up and have fun. I f- no, you don't, can't say it in that tone. Look, I'll do it to you and it okay. will work. Right? Look at me. Go on. We are going to have a great time. See? Oh my God. See that smile. You start smiling. <laughs> it's, it works. I'm telling you. Like I'm dead inside, but I'll do it and it works. And it no. just fascinates me. It really does. Because like... I'm like, you're not really having fun. You're just having fun because I told you. No, we're having a great time. It's not genuine. Babe, we're having a great time here. <gasps> oh my God, this is going to be a great episode. Oh my God, I love you guys so much. Hi. Energy. Energy. Anyway, hello, my <laughs> name is Amir and your name is Amir Palmer Farmer Tamir. Oh my God, lockdown has gone. <laughs> so I am Amir, who are you, bitch? Hi, everyone. This is the You Don't Love Me podcast and I am the other Amir. And we are married, if you didn't know. So we're people... gay with each other. <laughs> Sometimes people slide into our DMs, all right? And obviously people know it's me talking to him through DMs unless yeah. like you pop up in a voice note or something. If you have the privilege and honor of him popping up in a voice note <laughs> every now and then or him taking over. Mm. And then people like start talking like, hi. I'm like, hi. And they're like, you know, you single. No, like this is a couple's page. We're married. Have you heard the podcast? Have you seen the page? And then they carry on assuming that the other person's single. Not, no, and I think they don't even go on the page. Yeah. The internet is a magical place. It is isn't very, it? very magical. Internet is incredible. Thank you, internet. And if you are listening right now or during the episode, record a clip and post it on your Instagram story. Tag us in it and we'll repost it and we'll have a kiki in the DMs. A real one where we know who we are, bitch. Yeah. And do you know what? Speaking of sliding into DMs, Lady Bushra has people sliding into her DMs as well, which I find fascinating. Oh my God. Can you tell like some stories? Are you okay to tell stories of them? Yeah. They're amazing. Oh my God. Please tell some of It's amazing because like, Lady Busher is obviously the character that I play, right? It's an alter ego. And it's me with a t-shirt and a sari on and a, let's say an inexpensive wig and a beard. I have a beard for crying out loud. And I will get people messaging saying, you look so hot. You're so nice. And I want, like, you know, this guy from London was like sending me voice notes the other day saying like, yeah, I, I want to introduce you to my family, innit? I mean, that's my impression of a Cockney accent. He was like, yeah, like, come on, let's do it. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then like, I get like, like 20 year olds, 23 year olds from like India messaging me saying, oh my God, you look so amazing. And like, you know, you're so hot. And I'm like, go away, child. Like, ugh, flick you away like a fly. Like, this is so inappropriate. Like, you know, Lady Bushra is not a sexual experience. She's a fucking clown. But, you know, <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. And I'm like, send your PayPal. Send your PayPal. Send your PayPal, babe, because... You never know what's going to happen. That's what I always said to him. Send that PayPal to these people. Lick, look, lick. <laughs> <laughs> We're both a mess. English is Listen, it's lockdown. You can't judge language. anyone. Yeah, exactly. But um, look, if you fancy sliding into Bushra's DMs, 
don't slide into Bushra's DMs. You're wasting your time unless you are like a 40 plus year old accomplished millionaire who is willing to get married to the love of his life and then to have his heart broken, his account ransacked only for him to run back to his original lover, which is my husband sat next to me. Mm then do slide into my DMs because that is the level that I am at right now. Yeah, I agree. I concur. If I can get millions from this, I don't give a fuck what happens. Other than that, <laughs> side pieces, not interested. So, yes, Lady Bushra. And then I get, like, messages from, like, cross-dressers who ask me for advice. And as lovely as that is, I'm just like, guys, <laughs> I'm not feeling any fantasy. It's just a character that I play. That's it. There's, there's no, I can't give you advice on how to, you know, keep your breasts perky or what bra <laughs> to wear. Because guess what? I don't wear one. I wear a t-shirt. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the internet's magic. The internet's a magical place. I love it. Hmm. So, <laughs> do you know what? I paused on purpose because I'm waiting for you to to lead a question this time. Well, are you going to do that with or without interrupting me? That's a real question. Well, I'm just waiting, babe. Okay. Well. I was actually going to do a segue, but I just wanted to pause so that you would have space to speak. But seeing as though it is uh, not going to happen, I will segue this <laughs> section. <laughs> I am not editing this out. <laughs> uh, I hate you. I hate you. No. Okay. So we were talking about alter ego and we were talking about cross-dressing. We were talking about changing our personas and being somebody else. Guess what? Guess who does that and does it really well? RuPaul and everyone else that's on RuPaul's Drag Race and drag queens in general, right, Amir? I just want to say we are talking about drag, D-R-A-G. We're tu- you know, we're not even talking, touching upon parts of it because there's not enough podcasts and words in the world to go into town about how incredible drag queens are and how they are the pillar of the LGBTQ plus community, their political stance, what they do and what they deliver and what they feed us and give us. We are. We are you pillars. Know? Oh, shut up. You're not even a fucking pillar. You wish you were a fucking pillar. You could more, never be a pillar. I'm more a pillow than a pillar. <laughs> you, like, you're... you're just, oh, just, was that another fat joke I made? Oh, wait, was that two episodes in a row? Yeah, I'm not allowed to make fat you're jokes. You're cancelled. Well, I'm not allowed to make jokes about myself being fat, um, according to Armin. He's doing so. the self-deprecating thing too much now. And so I was like, why do you try not to be self-deprecating all the time? Yeah, I'm not allowed to do that. So I've stopped doing it now. Well, apart from that one joke that I made. Anyway, what we're we saying, drag, yes. And we've shied away, guys, from doing a drag episode or an episode on Drag Race because there's so many out there, you know. And you we've s- interviewed queens as and well. And we've interviewed Drag Race queens, but we've interviewed them as artists who have a platform rather than... You know, asking them questions like, what was RuPaul like? What was the lighting like? Are the challenges really that mini? Do you know what I mean? Like, but off camera. <laughs> but off, yeah, okay, off camera we've said something. We may have said some things. But, you know, uh, we have shied away from doing uh, an episode about, you know, our top 10 queens or anything like that. But uh, drag culture, we are living in the golden age of uh, drag culture and the art of drag. So we thought, do you know what? We like drag, so why not talk about it? Let's and, celebrate and, it. Yeah, let's celebrate it. And that's a drag race, but outside of drag race as well. So if we mention a queen and you guys are Googling her and can't find her, chances are that she wasn't on drag race. True. Uh, but you can find any queen out there, girl, if we mention a queen. They're all on Instagram. They're all out there now. Oh, okay. Unless they're a bedroom queen. We won't know about them. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll do shout outs. Pop off, sis. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> let's, let's just get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk a bit about drag race. 
when was the first time you watched it? Because you're an OG queen. Where was the when, first time? When, why, what happened? What did you experience? The time was 2008. I watched Drag Race when pretty much it came out. I think it came out in 2008 and I started watching it in 2009 because of obviously the lag that you have between American shows coming over to the UK. And I heard of it and I was like, oh, okay, it's interesting. And oh, I was mortified. Go what? I, I started watching it. I think oh, I started watching it before I moved to Budapest and then I carried on watching it whilst I was in Budapest. And I, I was mortified because I was like, it, this was uncomfortable to watch. Growing up, the closest reference that I had was the Hijra community in India. And now, of course, we know that the Hijra community is separate to what drag queens are about. They're, they may appear the same or similar, but they're actually not. The Hijra community is, is to do with the third gender, so to speak, whereas drag queens aren't, you know... Uh, not a, you know, they're not about that. It's it's uh, female impersonation and, and it's the art of female impersonation or male impersonation if you're female and so on and so forth. Um, but that was the first that was the first time. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? These guys are men and they just want to be women. And this is, you know, really uncomfortable because I was conditioned to think that that's kind of gross. And. It was just bizarre because I kept on fighting it inside. Like, I, you know, the, I, I'm not one to air my opinions on social media. You know, I, I don't do that. But internally, so I just keep it to myself. And internally, I was like, oh, this is, um, you know, something different to watch. And then I just was drawn into it. And what I would find is that I would watch the season. And at the beginning, I'd be a little bit apprehensive and be like, <gasps> and also at those days, it, you know, things weren't as, oh, yes, mama cock. Yes, boots the house down, reveal. It wasn't like that it, it, 10 years ago. You would keep this shit to yourself, even within the gay community, because, you know, hyper-masculine shows such as Queer as Folk were out, and Queer as Folk is, is a fairly hyper-masculine show. And, you know, it wasn't cool to be faggy or gay or queer or, you know, effeminate in any shape or form. And so I had to kind of keep this show to myself. So that's how my sort of journey started with Drag Race, I suppose. What about you? I watched it, I think, around season four, I think it was. I thought you started at season six. No, season four, season five. Okay. So I started then, but I think season six might have been out by then. Oh, yes. I remember you were working through them. So I, I went to season four. And because, you know, a few of my friends at the time were on Twitter watching it, like, oh, my God, Drag Race, Drag Race, Drag Race. So I was like, oh, what's Drag Race about? And yeah. I started watching it, and um, I was in awe. I was like, wow, these talented people. And, you know, I was like, wow, this is, you know, amazing. This is brilliant. They're so talented. You know, I already knew about drag queens and, you know, a bit about drag culture, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, being out and about, seeing drag queens, you know, supporting some of the queens in Leeds and seeing queens in Bradford. I was used to drag queens at this yeah. point, which was amazing. So coming to Drag Race, I was like, wow. And um, I know there's controversy around Sharon Needles now, but at the time I was amazed by her. I was yeah. like, this fucking goth bitch is yeah. sickening. She came down the runway in that episode one and she spat that blood out of her mouth. And I was like, oh my God, like drag isn't, you know, and what my probably narrow perception of drag was. Drag isn't just like, we are women, 
we are fishy. We are this. Drag is an art form where you can express yourself and be who you want to be. Yeah, it's, you can it's, be anything you want to be. You can be fashion. You can be funny. You can be, you know, stupid. You can be a clown. You can be lip syncing, sickening, splitting. You could have short hair, long hair, whatever looks you want to do. You can be big. You can be small, and it's just an expression of art. And that's what I I love about it. And like you know, continuing on season five and season six, which is one of my favorite seasons, and I fell in love with the daughter Lana at that time. You know, I loved her charisma and I loved her personality. And what I started to really, really love as Drag Race goes on, and I don't give a shit how many seasons I have. They can keep going on for all I care. You know, we have a football season every year in every country. You can have Drag Race for as long as um, possible because these are true artists and they deserve to be out there in the world spreading their art and continuing this love that they give and deliver to people. And for me, it really changed. I'd say it changed my life. Yeah, I would definitely say Drag Race and Drag changed my life in that way. It made me feel more confident and comfortable to come into my skin and own who I am. Yeah, I... I can completely see how that happened and and how that came about. For me, I think the initial moment, I'll never forget it, is when I started with season one, episode one, and RuPaul came up and it was black and white. And it was like, I was brought up in this. You know, he, he, he had taken the lyrics from his song Supermodel and put them in and... It said something along the lines of, you know, I was seven foot one and I looked fabulous. And then it was this image of this black man in drag with this huge hair, smiling outdoors and just living their life. And I was like, who the fuck do you think you are doing this? Like, I was like, I was like outraged and amazed at the same time. I was like wow, like you can do this and you can do it unapologetically because growing up, I'd seen the plight of the the uh, hijra community, um, the third gender community in South Asia. And, and you know, it, they were seen begging on the streets and they were seen um, not having proper jobs and not being recognized legally. I mean, of course, that's changed to a certain extent now as times have progressed. And then here I saw a uh, fully evolved drag queen. And again, I know there's a differentiation between hijras and drag queens, but I'm just talking in terms of reference points. And, and I saw RuPaul and I was like, wow, like this is where it's at. And then as I watched season one and carried on watching it, I remember Nina Flowers making such a huge impression on me. I thought, you know, Angina was very funny, but my gosh, Nina Flowers, even when you watch it back, season one is a good season. Oh, yeah. You know, you can drag the filter as much as you want. It's a good season. The way Nina Flowers painted and presented herself and um expressed her uh her gender i suppose in essence because you know it is the essence of female impersonation and and you know you i think the whole part part um, part of the aim of the game is to see how far you can push it you know and how, how far you can uh, stretch it and nina flowers did it so well i think and bb zahara benet that confidence that she had i remember listening to a podcast of rupaul's and he said um, I was in an interview. He said that he saw Ni, uh, Ni, Bibi Zahara Benet at a show because RuPaul used to go to places and I'm sure he still does and go to, goes to see drag queens and stuff. And he saw Bibi and he was like, we need to do something with her. So he had her in mind before the show even was created, mm -hmm. basically. And he was like, we need to do something with her. And these, these queens had such a profound um, impact on me. And then as I started watching the series, I think it was only till season six did I start feeling comfortable. And I mean, I, uh, Bianca Del Rio turned a corner mm -hmm. and, you know, she was wearing this uh, uh, boat neck gown and um, 
Which one? It was a colorful (laughs) one this time. And, you know, with the the white lining in her eyes and stuff, and she turned around with that, you know, massive um, smile. And I was like, okay. And then after that, I was fine. And I don't know whether it was because I was uncomfortable with drag queens or whether it was just Bianca Del Rio. I don't know. But fucking I'm just being legend shady. icon. Bianca oh, yeah. Del I love Rio. She's, she's my favorite. She's my favorite. She's one of the best comedians out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. She really is. Like, she, you know, her drag is there, but like, it's comedy through the drag. And that's what I love about like, these drag queens. They're doing their art through their drag, and there's so many different kinds. And it's really opened my mind to all the different styles of drag and appreciating it all. And like, you know, was I just wanted to ask, you know, since you've been watching Drag Race and you've been going through it, and I'm thinking what questions our listeners would ask us right now. Mm-hmm. I think a question would be like, okay, so which queens that really have really stood out to you and why? Okay. In older seasons. Should we, should we go to older than newer? Well, oh. do, you, do you want to go every single one or should we choose like top three? Oh God, don't, don't make it difficult, babe. Just, just, just talk in general, like any particular ones that really stand out to you. Oh, that really stand out to me? Sure. Um, I think, okay. The first one that stands out, and everyone's going to go, whatever. The first one that stands out for me is RuPaul. You can't count RuPaul here. Okay, fine. We can, <laughs> we can talk about RuPaul after. Okay. And why I hate him. <laughs> you love RuPaul, girls. Shut up. Why are you doing this? I was going to build suspense. <laughs> I hate RuPaul because it's cool to hate RuPaul Ooh. these days. And I'll tell you why in a second. But okay. before we do that, I'm joking, RuPaul. I love you. Please cast me. Um, the After that... The queen who I absolutely love is Bianca Del Rio. I think that drag queens, as as much as they are artists, I love an artist who is an entertainer. And Bianca Del Rio entertains, you know? Some some will have a certain aesthetic and some will portray themselves in a certain way. And, and you know, some will tell jokes and some will dance and some will twirl and some will sing. But for me, somebody who is a total entertainer, you know, wins my ticket. Mm. Day in, day out. And uh, we had the pleasure of seeing Bianca Del Rio perform. Was it last year or the year before? Honestly, with this pandemic, I don't remember anymore. I think it was last year. And my gosh, she just knocked it out of the park. (sighs) We saw her in Manchester and she was amazing. And did you know she's um, even performed at Carnegie Hall in New York? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Like Joan Rivers performed at Carnegie Hall. Kathy Griffin performed at Carnegie Hall. But when we saw her, we were pissing ourselves, dying within two minutes. Yeah, and but I love I love so much about her. Of course, I love the way she won the season, how great she was, how great she was at acting. I love the fact that she has invested into um, the art uh, and the craft of it. You know, she was a designer, a, a costume designer prior to becoming a drag queen full time. You know, I've been following her on Instagram for years and years, and I love how organized she is. You know, you make jokes around drag queens are smelly and drag queens are like this and you know drag queens are messy and they're always late and blah 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 i think she cuts through a lot of that and is a thorough professional which is why she is famous and popular and revered worldwide you know her she sews and her equipment's labeled and organized you know i love organizing my stuff you know what i'm like and it's just so inspirational to see someone like that you know you're you're funny you're an entertainer you have a point of view you know what your range is you know what your strengths are you play to them and as a result you um make people smile that's mm. profound for me that is a winner and whether i think whether bianca's your favorite or not um i think it'd be really hard to disagree that she's one of the best that's ever come through a drag race exactly how can you disagree with that talent like if you can make someone laugh at that level she's quick she's talented and like 
and you know, I, I think you know, as you said, for you, it's you know, talent and professionalism trumps all as well. And then I think the other hand, for like for me, a lot of it is connection. So like when I really connect with the drag queen, I love them. So I think the first real time I felt connection, you know, watching it was Adolana. You know? Oh yes, yeah, she's a big uh, favorite of yours. Oh, she? I just when she watched, I was like, oh, is she still your ultimate favorite? She she's up there. Uh, it's really tough now, but yeah. I, I do love her. So if you're listening, please come on the podcast, girl. I love you. I just love her. You know, she has a, a really interesting, like, you know, sort of punk point of view and her references are fantastic in her fashion. And no, not everyone gets them, but they're there and they're fabulous. Apparently and, she's in Manchester all the time. Oh yeah, she is all the time, girl. Can't wait to meet her. <clears throat> and get her on the podcast. Yeah. And um, yeah, when she came through, I was like, I love this bitch. It was an instant connection. And as she was going through the season, and I like someone that has their ups and downs. And I really, really love that about her. And then, you know, going forward, like now, obviously, Shekule is one of the best ever to come through yeah. that show. You know, uber professional, uber sincere, uber talented, just serves me everything. And when you continue, and another, you know, queen in that, like was um, recently, I would say Jada Essence Hall. That bitch <laughs> is the bitch. Like, don't forget, she had a week to prepare for Drag Race and that bitch sold every outfit she was wearing. I can't believe she was a backup. Girl, she's a backup and she won. She was a backup choice. She only had a week to prepare. Yeah, prepare. She, she prepare. <laughs> she had a week to prepare. She had a week to prepare and she made her own outfits and she won. All the while being in a pandemic. Girl, and she like was dignified and classy and funny and she she just hit everything right. And, you know, I don't know, I keep going off with loads of favorite queens and you know, I love Vanjie as well, because she's my she's my she's my bitch girl. And but do you know how I truly, truly, truly which queens I truly have a love for? Bob Monet and Peppermint. Oh yes, good. I love them. Um, Similar Rivalry is one of my it's my favorite podcast like that I listen to. Do you know my favorite podcast, Amir? You don't love me. Is you don't love me? Yeah, because <laughs> at least someone is here supporting this fucking podcast. It's Bob and Monet, right? And um, I love them. I love Bob. Like I think Bob is a powerhouse. And I genuinely believe that bitch when she says if there was an ultimate all-star season, she'd wipe the floor with everyone. I think she'd be hard to beat. She's, she knows her talent. She knows her range. She's confident. And I love listening to her when she's like, no, not every girl's my sister. Like, I don't know them all. And, you know, I like the, the pearls of wisdom. And I love Monet. There's, she has so much fucking charisma. And her growth from the season to all-stars and her and Bob together. And then there's Peppermint, who is just... I, I, I don't even need to tell you why these queens are the best. You know, for me, it's the queens that I listen to and I can relate to and I love listening to talk. They educate me. And these three queens have educated me so much on different things. And when they're together, I love to listen and watch. How did you feel when the British Drag Race came, girl? Oh, I loved it. But I just wanted to say Bob the Drag Queen. I absolutely love the Bob the Drag Queen as well. Alyssa Edwards is one of my favorites as well. Um, I, I really like her ethos and i love her just the way she comes across her charisma um the, the entertainment value um and i really liked the documentary that she did um with netflix as well oh yeah we got to see a whole different side of her and uh, she's come from uh a, a you know a tough space yeah you know with what she's gone through and then how she's made her money and managed to sustain herself is very 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 inspiring mm. 
and um, she has her own palette. So, Alyssa, <laughs> if you're listening, please send me one. I'm joking. <laughs> send it to at lady.bush. <laughs> <laughs> and she can finally look sickening. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, girl, ain't no palette going to make her look sickening. You need a miracle for that. But, um, yeah, I love it, Alyssa Edwards. So, UK ones, uh, Drag Race UK. I love Drag Race Fucking UK. Fucking how good was that first season? It was phenomenal. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a queen paint like Vivian. Oh my god, bitch! But also that—that's amazing. But like, I just loved watching RuPaul. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Kim Woodburn? Oh, someone off the telly? Yes, the telly. The, Do you know what I mean? A cleaner off the telly. Yeah, yeah. Cleaner and she was like, off the telly. And like, oh, and then what's the tuppence? And yeah, I what's just, the tuppence? I loved reading Reddit and the Americans trying to unlock and understand all the British sense of humor, and I loved them for wanting to get it because they loved it. And I loved that it stayed quintessentially British. Yeah, I loved the um, reaction videos on YouTube. And you could just see Americans going, oh, my God, they have Drag Race UK. And they'd just watch it and they're like, I don't know what they're saying, but wow. <laughs> like the reading challenge in America, it's really like, you know, polished a bit. And they've got these like lyrical reads and stuff yeah. like that. And in the UK, it was like, what, babe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on, it's, like, it. it's like, you know, in Drag Race uh, America, it's like, you know, Miss Tatiana, is your, was your grill cancelled? You know, was your barbecue cancelled? Because your grill's still open. And it was because she was wearing um, what they called dentures, not dentures. Tatiana was. No, Tyra. Tyra. Oh, someone. Someone was. No, Tyra. Tyra. Was. Oh, Tyra Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. What was it? What did the other them? Tyra? What do you call it when you wear them on the Flip braces? Us. She was wearing braces, right. and it was like, oh, was your barbecue cancelled because your grill's still open? So it's a read um, to say that she wears braces, and like that's clever, right? That's clever. In the UK, <laughs> Davina was like, bag of chips, more like a bag, bag of, of shite. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone was like, what the fuck's going on? It's like, oh, vinegar strokes. You're a dumb, stupid bitch, aren't you? <laughs> it's very much like, you're a dickhead. It was literally... Fuck you. Eat shit. Piss. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, they were so British to read. They weren't clever at all. And I just, I lived for them. I, just, I absolutely loved just, them. Some of them were clever, but yeah. They were just the best. And also, you know what? This sounds like I'm just being like beggy. But genuinely, I loved all the queens. Same. <laughs> it was really weird. I was like... You know, and you know what? I think I've got out of this mentality of hating queens that go on the show. Yes. You know, like all, all the time, like, like people like get so passionate, I hate them, and then they send them abuse and send them hate. I'm like, really? You got time to go online and send someone hate and death threats and shit? I don't well, get that that bullshit. Yeah, I mean, Michelle Visage spoke on this, and she said, you know, she gets a lot of hate and stuff, and a lot of the black queens apparently get hate, um, you know, racist messages and stuff, telling them to hang themselves and all sorts. Not, not apparently, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they do. And I don't get it, but apparently a lot of it is young kids that say that. And I think it's because they are in such a place of hurt and hate themselves that they are, you know, similar to the outrage that I felt when I saw RuPaul. I think they have that. And so they, extern inter they have internalized homophobia that they externalize and they have internalized hatred that they are able to throw onto a soft target, which is a public figure, i.e. a drag queen. And, you know, there is an unspoken hierarchy as far as um, society is concerned. You know, you have your straight males and then you have your straight females and then it's everybody else. So um, if you are a cisgendered male, maybe not even a straight male, but you're a cisgendered male and you've decided to no longer, you know, you've decided to... Um, 
relinquish your masculinity, quote, you know, per se, and you've decided to present female, that is outrageous. You know, that's sacrilege for people. So when they see that, they need to throw hate at you because they're like, you cannot do this. You are breaking the rules. Okay, to challenge that. Yeah. So how come it's the black queens facing this and not the white queens then? So that is, hate. well, again, there is a hierarchy, isn't there? There's mm-hmm. an unspoken hierarchy. So then you have, so so that that is that is the, the hierarchy. And so when drag becomes mainstream, which it is mainstream now, <clears throat> people who are higher up on that ladder um, will experience more benefits uh, than the people who are lower down. So then you will have your, you know, straight male, straight female, um, gay, white male, gay, white female, then person of color or black male, black female. That's, you know, in my head, I do see it as a as a hierarchy. There was once a, um, yeah. a student who was studying uh, to become a barrister and she said to me, she, I have never met somebody who's worked so hard in education. Like she was going for it. And she said, I need to get accepted by the bar. And I, you know, I want to become a barrister. That is my dream. And I've worked so hard. And I said, with the determination that you have, you are going to get it. And she said, yes, but I have the odds stacked against me. And I said, how? And she said, the hierarchy always is white male, white female, um, uh, brown male, brown female. And she said, I'm a brown female and I know that I'm fourth in line. I am going to have to work a lot harder. And I think it's the same, you, the same rule can be applied with drag race as well. So these um, black drag queens, they um, of course suffer adversities within society. Anyway. And that gets reflected even within their drag careers. So they, you know, they are considered lower within the hierarchy. So then these people are like, well, who the hell do you think you are? You can't do this. And therefore we can throw hate at you because you're different from us. And therefore you're not as good as us. That's that's the brutal honesty of it. And I think it's disgusting personally. I, I, I don't think anyone should be treated as that. And maybe I've said it in too brutal terms. Maybe it's not as sinister as that i don't know but i that's that that's the reason why i think you know drag queens do get hate but the black drag queens get more hate it's because of because of the fact that they're black yeah i don't think you've been um i don't think you've done it in a brutal way because i could go you could go even more brutal um black drag queens are um face a lot of racism no matter how talented they are how good they are it's harder for them to move forward and get to the levels um as some of their white, white counterparts and this comes down to just followers for example you know um or anything you know gigs etc cetera, etc cetera. but it does come down to this drag is incredible you know the lgbt community and allies supporting drag is amazing but we have a massive issue with racism within the drag race um and drag fandom a huge issue with racism like yeah. gin- like it's a ginormous issue babe like it's fucking disgusting. When you sit, you know, there's so many talks online now like with educators. And when you listen to these black queens and what they experience, I, I'm like, are we living in an ulterior universe where Jada Essence Hall said she was the essence of beauty. So people came into DMs and were like, go and hang yourself, N-word, this, that, that to her. I'm like, how does that make any sense at all? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand and I don't get it where... Um, Bob the drag queen will have all the confidence in the world and will get racist abuse for having confidence. But a white queen, such as Alyssa Edwards, who has all the confidence in the world, will get anything. 
Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. There. There seems to be a different rule set. But again, is is that hierarchy? It's society. It's that unco- uh, that uncomfortable hierarchy that exists. That you know, as soon as you point towards it or acknowledge it, people will be hell bent on insisting that it does not exist. You know, the reason why Jada Essence Hall will get that is because she's black. Okay, that's a cross against your name. She is a gay man. That's a cross against your name. She's a man impersonating as a female. That's a big uh, no-no. And she's a drag queen, you know? So it's like you are way down that route. And so therefore, you are not allowed to be a sickening. You are not allowed to be as celebrated because it's just incongruous to the way that we've set up society. Well, do you know what? Times are changing and that no longer is the the case. So go fuck yourself. Jada Essence Hall, whether she's black, gay, trans, straight, white, who gives a fuck? She's a great artist and she should be revered as such. Oh, I agree. But, you know, saying that, you know, say, you know, within society, the issue is the racism. Okay. Let's uh-huh. take the whole world in general. And the thing is with the drag race fandom, you go in within a, you know, um, a microscope within a microscope within a microscope, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So I guess it is, it's very evident then. When you are narrowed down to a smaller community, the racism is so much more evident and so shouldn't, shouldn't, if we're thinking the LGBT community already have shit, okay? And these people are loving and supporting drag, yes. These racist people are supporting drag. Mm-hmm. Well, shouldn't our community not be fucking racist then? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me so wrong. stupid. It's like, yeah. oh my God, what's wrong with you? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do think that it's a small minority. I, I don't think, you know, that it's the overwhelming majority. I think it's a small minority that spoil it for everyone else. Always, though. Um, but guess what? Hurt people hurt people. And I can say from personal experience, you know, coming from a South Asian background and then being ostracized for being gay, it was a minority saying, okay, this is an opportunity to hate on another minority. Yeah. Religious views aside, I do think that that that, that does play part and parcel into it. And this is just another case. I, I think it is a lot of hurt children and youngsters who don't quite know how to navigate in the world. And, you know, they're being discriminated against prejudiced against maybe even abused in their own personal lives and they see this and they externalize um their pain they project it onto somebody else i i do believe that it's uh, that a lot of it is that i don't know how many grown-ass men do it and again i have no facts figures to prove this but from what i've heard from what from uh, you know uh, drag queens and and people who've been on the show or worked on the show Mm -hmm. it seems like you know the fandom for drag race is young and some of them just don't know how to navigate themselves within the 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 world and so they see someone who is you know celebrating their queer queerness and they're celebrating who they are and that is the very thing that they are in their own personal lives being um, discriminated against for being and so then they kind of get into the mindset of well if i can't do it then i need to make sure i need to bring you down as well hurt people hurt people and And they choose the black queens to do it with yeah yeah they go for they go for someone who they perceive to be lower in the ranking the reality is that within Drag Race, that's not necessarily the case because oh, no. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have, yeah, we wouldn't have, you know, black drag queens winning the, the show and we wouldn't have them being celebrated and treated equally on the show, which I, I do believe that they are, you know, and that's great to see. It is, it's, it's, it's quite the equalizer the show is. Mm-hmm. And that, that runs against what we see in parts of society. So some people are like, what the hell? I mean, you know, to a certain extent it's me like, 
seeing the drag queens and going, oh my gosh, you know, when I first started. No? I disagree. Okay. Completely with your point there. Um, I don't think it's you going, oh, hey, this is just unusual. There's a difference with having a feeling of like, oh, what is this? This is a bit strange to then going online and telling someone to, to then going online and telling someone to kill themselves, to saying they're an N-word, they're ugly, they're a baboon, they're X, Y, and Z, they're a slave. There's so much shit, you know? There's such, a, there's such a stark difference, babe, between doing that. If we're talking about these kids and you're saying that, you know, you're assuming, we don't know, mm. that these are bad upbringings and, you know, they've got homophobic people in their lives and that's great and hurt people hurt people. Okay, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people don't need to be racist. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and, not... and 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 there's, there's there's such a stark contrast where you was like, oh, oh my god, you like this is strange, but Bibi Zaharban is amazing, but this is unusual. Yeah. That's okay because that's your upbringing. These kids who let's say have the same upbringing as you, babe, mm. what's their excuse then? If yeah. You didn't. If you if you I know you didn't have social media at your fingertips, but I doubt you would do it. What's oh, their absolutely. Excuse, then? There's no uh, there's no excuse, you know. And the the interesting thing is, okay, the first thing you do is educate people. So what are these what are these what these queens doing now and these people doing? They're educating these kids. Yeah. So there's enough education out there for them to consume. They're consuming this education, and I'm hoping some of them change. They're consuming this education, some of these people, and they're still not changing, babe. They're still not changing, and it's not making a difference to them. So guess what? That minority can fuck off, and <laughs> literally, yeah. like, and I do agree with you that it's a minority. I always say the minority have the loudest voices. Let's just look at, like, politics, for example. Tories won by a landslide last time. Labour had the loudest voices on social media because the minorities scream the loudest because they need to. Mm. Then you know, they need to be they need to be heard in that way. We know that because we're <laughs> South Asian Disney's and we scream so loud and we're like, oh my God, we're all everywhere, but we ain't anywhere mm. at all. So yeah, I, I think, God, we really are like, yes, let's celebrate Drag Race, but it, it's important to talk about this it's racism. It's an important point, yeah. And, you know, I, I want to um, go on to something very interesting with Before this. Before you go on to that, go I on. just wanted to say, you know, I, I do, uh, of course it's implied, but it, it, it's worth saying that I'm not condoning what people are doing. I think I tend to be able to process things better once I understand as to why they're doing it and put some reasoning behind it. But I certainly don't condone any sort of racist remarks that drag queens are uh, facing, particularly uh, black drag queens. You know, that's horrible and it does need to stop. And that, you know, that toxic fandom exists and that part can fuck right off. Guess what? You know, go and join a neo-nazi party neo-nazi party and spread your hate there if that's what you want to do literally like go fuck off or just jump off the flat earth <laughs> please stop bringing this flat earth bullshit in. <laughs> do that like just fuck <laughs> off so yeah i don't condone it at all and i'm really sorry to hear that uh you know uh drag queens particularly black drag queens have to go through that and i'm sorry to hear of any drag queen that gets any hate that's um, really really horrible to it hear. is because in my opinion you're the pillars of the fucking community you really yeah. you really are like you know, during my lowest points, so like when I've been sad or down, going to a drag show has pulled me out of that or made me feel amazing and great, yeah. you know? And, you know, speaking on racism, you know, especially from like, you know, we, we've seen it with British drag queens and American drag queens. What's really interesting, I, I don't know much about, I'm not saying I know everything about Canadian drag, but, you know, from what I've seen online and what I've seen on Canada's drag race, people are fucking celebrated. And like, interestingly, the queen Pri, Priyanka, won drag race, 
has the most followers, is the most popular. So it made complete sense. It's just, <laughs> that is the most Canadian thing I've ever seen. It's like, oh, let's talk about being fairy. And then they're like, yeah, well, she won. So like, everyone should follow her. I can't do my Can- Canadian accent too long. <laughs> Shit. And it's like, yeah, so like, yeah, she won the most. So like, let's make her friends and let's give her extra free healthcare. And like, yeah, as everyone be friends. Tax free money. Yeah, and let's just be passive aggressive if we get annoyed. Like, that's it. Do you know what I mean? That's but I literally stand. it. I, I love, I love it and it's like that that was fair like okay say whether you want her to win or not the, it makes sense for the winner to be the most popular person <laughs> in yeah, that way very canadian you know it's very canadian and it's very correct but moving on from drag race talking about queens we we've seen in real life seen online that we know um uh, who who are some of your standout ones and why out of the ones that we've met Anything that you've seen online, that you've seen in real life, that you've met, that you know, that are like not Drag Race girls, not oh, girls. Oh, not Drag Race girls. Or, or that you would love to see on Drag Race. Somebody who I would love to work with in a greater capacity, who I absolutely love, and I've grown to love more and more as time has gone by, and I can um, regard them as a personal friend, is Asifa Lahore. Oh my God, yes. We love you, Asifa. It's Hi, our sis. Asifa. Yeah. We fucking love you. We yeah. love you, love you, love you. Yeah, and she's one person who I genuinely, when I say she's a sister, you know, I'm not saying she's one singular person, but maybe I am. Who cares? I might piss some people off if I say that, but she is somebody, when I, you know, say sister, I, I genuinely mean it. And she does, you know, uh, make me feel warm inside when I think of her. You know, I know that sounds wrong, but like I, you know, there is a genuine affection um, towards her, and she's so lovely and um, so gracious, um, and I love what she does. I've had the pleasure of uh, knowing of her for about seven years now, and I remember seeing her back in the day when she was a drag queen. I think it was in Sati, Sati in Birmingham, yeah, and she she was arm in arm with with somebody, and she just swished by. And somebody made a comment towards me and she looked at me and smiled. And I was like, oh, like she's so like sickening. And then obviously I've followed her career uh, in drips and uh, drabs as the years have gone by. And she's done some very, very important work, especially around um, being that queer South Asian representation in the mainstream. She was literally the only one. And when I say the only one, I literally mean the only one. She wasn't implied. She wasn't apologetic. She wasn't trying to be funny and just get away with it. She was a queer South Asian and a Muslim as well and, and, and a drag queen. And uh, now that we've sort of reconnected and uh, through the pandemic, I suppose that's really accelerated it and through the podcast and through me playing Lady Bushra, uh, we've really got to know her uh, so much more and really can understand what she does, why she mm-hmm. does it and, and with more context. And she's really pushed the boundaries and the way paved the way. Absolutely. Definitely. And and uh, broke the car, the glass ceiling that was there at the time. You know, things have changed now and we can, all, of course, all do more and push further. But my gosh, she has really done a lot. I, I know I'm speaking a lot on her, but yeah. And, and she really is a sister. Very, very, very genuine. You see, you know, what you see is what you get and just great company to be around. I agree. I think she's very smart as well. She's very switched on and attuned to what she's doing and what she wants to put out there as well. We stand a professional queen. Girl, we love professional. She- professionalism. She is professional. Yeah, we she love is. professionalism. And yeah, we would love to see her on Drag Race representing our community. Yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race. Sort it out. Get her on season three. We want to see her. Um, somebody else. I, I mean, there's <laughs> <That was> like. <laughs> 
what? It's like, yeah, I've read all the rumors of season two. Get her on season three. <laughs> oh, wait, season two's not out yet, is it? <laughs> yeah, but everyone knows the Queen's on it, girl. Well, she might be. Oh. She could be. We don't know who's on or who's not. Okay, Reddit. Well, I don't know. Okay, Reddit. Anyway, listen, yeah. <laughs> I just hope she's on one, one, one season or the other. Who I really love, Candy Muse. Oh, Candy! What I love about Candy Muse is, and you know what? No, you can hush your opinions if you haven't gone to see her in real life. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen her. No, not you, people. Okay. That are not part of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She is an incredible host. Like, oh my god, people are like the the bar is packed. It's one of the most you know. She's always, you know, she's booked and blessed. But like when pieces on a Monday, um, her show Queen for Queen, it's packed with her and Janelle. And Janelle's amazing as well. But Candy is just, I love her. I love her. I wanted to talk about something. Unless oh. you had something to no, say. No, it's fine. No, say it. No, do a segue then, isn't it? No, I won't do no, a segue. It's, it's fine. I love how we turn really Bradford. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Before we do segue, go and say what you wanted to. I forgot now. No, you t- You have not forgotten. I've forgotten. Look, I've forgotten and I want everyone to give me sympathy. You're such a lying, sulky little bitch right I now. Don't know. Say it. If you're listening right now, everyone, record this and post it on Instagram. I'm going to tell everyone you. that he's being mean to me. I'm going to tickle you. He's been mean. Okay, go on. I, I genuinely forgot. I was going to start wrapping it up. <laughs> what, the episode? Yeah. Oh, so no. Gonna, uh, I was going to go on to ask um, who you think legendary queens are then. Well, I'd, okay, I'll answer that and then... Well, actually, I could answer that and uh, go into a second. Yeah, you're going to say RuPaul. Why do you like doing that? Do you want? Why do you like pissing all over what I'm going to do and, like, <laughs> guess the gags that I'm going to bring? That's you're not so, a gag. You're so mean That's to me. It's not a gag. I was going to say Lady Bunny. But anyway. Oh, she's a legend as well. Yeah, Lady Bunny. I do. I would like to see Lady Bunny on Drag Race. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> Fuck off. She, no, they should. They should bring her into All Stars. Do you know what I mean like just cut out the middleman, just put her on All Stars? Do you remember when we went to see Lady Bunny and it was upstairs at Stonewall and that was you know the paid event? You got seats and it was really cute. Yeah. And um, she was like, you know, no pictures. Was there's no picture while she wants to This bitch was fucking whipping out the camera and then she gave you that look. She she threw me a size small merchandise T-shirt. And at the time, I was an extra large. And I was like, I hate you I'm so I'm sure much. it's a medium. No, it's, it's a small. It's a bit baggy on me, though. Fuck you. It's a small. Okay? <laughs> but she, phenomenal. I love a queen that can host. That, that's for me. I love a queen that can host a full show. Yeah. You know, it's not just about the lip syncing and, and everything. It's about being funny and being great on the mic. I love that. It's important. Oh, it's very important. It's very important. I wanted to talk about my hatred for RuPaul. Right. I'm going to sit back. You pop off this. So this is something that I said that I was going to talk about. And then you tried to uh, distract me and then almost made me forget it. But guess what, bitch? I made notes for this episode. RuPaul. Okay. (laughs) Your notes are... You've got no notes. (laughs) He's got no notes, guys. (laughs) You you make that, that. What those paper noises then? <laughs> it was you. <laughs> See all these papers I'm flicking. I made notes. <laughs> no notes, bitch. See papers. Anyway, right. RuPaul, right? I actually don't hate RuPaul. <laughs> you love RuPaul. I fucking love RuPaul. And you love his podcast, don't you? He is my ultimate RuPaul Drag Race queen. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, <laughs> I love RuPaul. I've followed RuPaul's career prior to Drag Race. 
before the show was on, before drug drug race was even a thing. And I, you know, liked and admired him and I knew who he was. And then I didn't quite connect the dots between the fact that he was RuPaul and then he was the host of the TV show because when this season one came out and I watched it, I was like, oh my God, who the hell is this person? And then obviously as the episode settled in, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it's RuPaul. But yeah, I I, I really like him. I really like what he stands for. Um, I do believe in the messages that he says in terms of loving yourself. There's, a, I think in terms of if, RuPaul, if you like RuPaul, you literally see about, I'd say one, 2% of who he is on the show you see so much more of him on the podcast. You mm. you find out so much more about him on the podcast. He is somebody who's been in show business for decades now and knows the business very, very well. And he's so well connected, so well accomplished and very inspiring and inspirational as uh, somebody who is queer and a person of color um, navigate uh you know in uh, themselves in the western world is something that i can definitely resonate with and you know even if you're white you you can resonate with him because he is he's a success story there's he something came from in nothing for, he, yeah he came from nothing and, and there's something in, in his story for everyone i would love to see a bio a, a, um, a biopic of his and you know It'd what be amazing and he is leaving the ultimate legacy behind for our community. whether you like him or not you can't deny he's left a legacy of a community he's changed the face of the community he has and the reason why i started with i hate rupaul because these days it seems that it's cool to not like rupaul i've met people that are like mm, yeah He's all right. Like, ugh, I don't even know. Like, he doesn't even do his own makeup. Like, when is he going to perform in a club? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's been there, just, done that. That just goes to show that you don't know anything. Like, he was clubbing it up in the 90s, you know, or, or even early early 2000s. And he's done all of that. And he's turned his drag into something completely different. And now it's a case of, you know, him as as an artist paving the way for other people to carry on the the legacy of drag and giving other people an opportunity. I mean, you know, say for example, if you're a film actress, you're not going to turn around and say, she's done her makeup shit. You know damn well that there's going to be a makeup artist there and a hair and a hairstylist that will have done everything and wardrobe. So why can't the same thing be applied to RuPaul? You know, I, I, I think people maybe feel he's not that accessible, but in actual fact, he's... Yeah, how can I put it? He's somebody who's kind of amplified and that he's stretched to to cover a lot and 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 over a wider space. And I think maybe that's why. And 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 I think people look for a more personal connection and they they feel they can't get that from him. And that's why it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. He's you know the show's host, but it could be anyone. Guess what? If it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be a show because he is you know pretty the much the, he <laughs> is the show. He's pretty much the creative the creator of the show. I'm certainly sure he's one of the producers and. Um, if you want that personal connection with him, if you want to know him to a greater capacity, go listen to his podcast, go look at his old interviews and see what he stood up for. Read his books. Um, you get to learn a lot about the struggles that he's come from. And um, I'm sure it will change your mind about him for sure. Yeah, I think it is cool to hit reports. A bandwagon you jump on, you know, let's hit the, you know, queer black successful person. It's, it's very yes. easy to, you know, it's true. We though. all know what happened to Michael Jackson. No, but it's, it is, but it's very easy to do that. Someone that's changed the face, that's had the ups and downs. And people hate him because they're like, he doesn't even care about this queen. He's not connected to him. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. I like his level of professionalism. And it also, guess what? 
this this is one thing people forget. And I always try to, if everyone listening can try to relate it to their own world of work, I can only relate it to my own world of when I've been in education, when I've worked in education, you know? RuPaul has done the clubs, has done all that. People are like, who should make them outfits? Who should have done that? Every challenge he's made applies to his life in a way, you know, and what he's done and what these queens are going to do. And he doesn't have to. That He doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. And I'm glad he feels that way because he's not insecure about that. So, like, when I look at my work, you know, someone is a teacher, said that they're working from the ground up. And then you move up and guess what? You lose lessons and you have other jobs to do. And eventually you become head teacher and your head teacher does not teach anything. You don't teach anything yeah. as a head teacher. Guess what you do? You're training the others. You're guiding them. But you don't need to have a personal connection with every single employee that works there. What you do is you give them all a platform to enable them to be the best they can. And then they can do the same again and make more people better and go out into the world. You know, it's like a job. Absolutely. You know, it's like a job or a business. When we've been to barber shops and, you know, the person that owns the shop, it's like, I really, what, all, what I want is these lot to go and own their own shops. Yeah, and also, guess what? He's in show business, and it's a TV show. And <laughs> Literally. And there's entertainment value, and you can't take all of it all too seriously. As long as you take have a takeaway message and are entertained, that's fine, you know? And so like, keep it light, keep it pushing, and just have respect for what he's done. Yeah. Unless somebody knows something about him that I have no idea on. Oh, the fracking. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oop. No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, other than that, my gosh, you know, I just love him. He's so everything. yeah, support your local drag though, everyone. I'm going to support RuPaul. Okay, <laughs> now support the drag queens, but support your local drag, tip queens if you can online. Go and support these people because they're talented and they're amazing and incredible. And I want to thank the drag queens for always putting on shows and being the heart and pillars of community. Like honestly, any drag queen listening right now, it doesn't matter how many followers you've got, how many times you've been out on the scene, whatever you've done. If you're doing drag and you're, you know, participating in art of drag, you are valid. Everything you do is valid. And you are helping people like me when I see your drag. Absolutely. You guys are doing such important work and you are entertaining. Uh, and that's amazing. And, you know, myself, although I don't call myself a drag queen, I do certainly ha play an alter ego. And uh, the video that we did, I got a great response recently. And, that you know, people interact with the content that I produce on the Internet. And. Uh, I don't know. I look forward to taking it into clubs and, and, and bars and stuff once COVID's over. You know, it, it, it just feels great knowing that people are entertained and uh, drag queens who are listening to this. Thank you so much for your service. We love you guys and keep up the good work. Uh, it's really, really important, especially during these times. And you can follow us on Instagram at you don't love you boys. That is at you don't love me boys. You can follow us on Twitter at YDLM boys. That is YDLM boys. You can go to, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review, people. You know, please. Thank you. Yeah, please give and, us a five-star review. Um, you can tell your friends to follow us on Insta. We'll DM, we'll chat, we'll kiki. Um, yeah, let's, let's keep building the community. And if you've got any opinions on the episode, let us know. Let's have a conversation and let's keep things pushing. If you want anything promoting, DM us and let us know. We love you, but you don't love me. RuPaul was robbed. Season 13. Goodbye. <laughs>